Good morning, everyone. It's fantastic to be here with you again. Uh, just enjoy this church and the fellowship and the freedom and what God is going to do. It's going to be amazing, the journey ahead. We're looking at the series a couple of weeks on, Be Transformed. And as we looked at the first slide last week, be transformed, changed by the entire renewal of your mind. If you look at your brain, your brain is made up of a hundred billion neurons. hundred billion. When inside your brain, it's a bit like a forest. A hundred billion neurons. The brain processes from the back, eye gate, from the side, ear gate. Children learn initially through the eye gate and ear gate. So what you first received through your brain is pictures on the right side. They now know through MRI scans exactly how the brain works. So on the right side you've got pictures and right side is your attachment brain it's very strongly your feeling brain is on the right side. The left side of your brain is where the words are filtered through, language. It's your very clever analytical brain, problem solving brain. They now know by injuries that the right brain unfortunately is very negative because it works with a default of negative emotions. The left side of their brain, and men will be very happy about this because men tend to be more left brain than right brain. <laughs> and the left side of the brain, which is the analytical side of the brain, the language side of the brain, the problem solving area of the brain is incredibly positive. Interesting, isn't it? And the worry circuit in the brain is when pictures in the brain on the right side hijack the left side and goes round and round with negative rumination. The Bible says be transformed by the entire renewal of the mind. Entire renewal of the mind. Right through the center of the brain is the emotional brain. When I discovered the emotional brain, I went eureka. Because of my background, traumatized background, I was totally emotionally detached. And I went to do counseling. I was a school teacher by background. And I went to do counseling when I was 50. And when I was sitting in the counseling room, waxing eloquent with my left brain. And one of the guys said in the class of 20 students being trained as counsellors, Kathy, I'm so tired of you working out of your thinking brain. Where are your feelings? And if Steve ever got up to share something of sadness, and he would cry, he would get me to come up and share the story. So I could share it without crying. Because I never cried, 
and very rarely got angry except when I had four preschoolers. So the emotional brain is an activator and is our protection mechanism. The main activator from the emotional brain is the amygdala, which is our fear mechanism. And that fear works with fear of loss. So when we're sad and crying, we have loss. And then we have injustice of loss, and that's where we go reactive. I don't know, probably none of you here have <laughs> any expression of reactive anger. <laughs> and that, that, so we have an emotional brain and that activation of emotion goes down into our body and is released through stress hormones. And by itself is totally, absolutely non-intelligent. The emotional brain by itself is non-intelligent, no timeline, hence trauma, Hence why we're triggered with trauma. And it's reactive, non-intelligent and no timeline. When I discovered the emotional brain and began to pull apart all of the emotions and began to understand, the Lord took me on a journey of feeling emotions. Remember one day we were planted Richmond New Life and significant couple left our church and I was feeling really upset and the Lord said to me that's sadness and it's okay to feel sad it's okay to cry so one of the great keys in being transformed <coughs> is awareness becoming aware of what we think aware of what we feel aware of our stress hormones, over 90% of physical health issues are the result of the stress we pump through our body with our anxious brain and our injustice system. And I have put together now manuals and training in the area of emotional health. Went to do training one morning Five o'clock in the morning, woke up hearing the voice of God so clearly, saying this, the people in my church across the nations are broken. The people in my church, let alone the world, are broken. I want you to write material and take it to my people. And I said to the Lord, How could I do that? I'm a pastor's wife. I'm so busy. He said to me, one page at a time. So I now have 17 manuals, 10 programs, 20 years of research. It's written a completed one on neuroscience to put into training colleges in New Zealand to train counsellors in neuroscience. Nearly 300. And every understanding of every chemical, every way the brain works. So as we look at today, be transformed by the renewing of the mind. The other thing, I said to the Lord, what will I write? And he just gave me this long list. <laughs> long list. And I started writing that morning. So as we looked at Paul, at Paul's journey, it's very interesting. Acts 21 to Acts 
28 is really the plan of God to take Paul to Rome. And as we see it played out and as we see in our own lives, things that play out and sometimes they don't make sense. But God uses everything so that we impact the lives of others. And God's call upon Paul as a Pharisee saved on the Damascus Road was to take the gospel across Asia Minor into Europe And when we see the expanse of the gospel over those first 300 years, he traveled 10,000 miles. He wrote 13 epistles and probably 14. There's 27 epistles in the New Testament. Over half of those are written, half of those are written by Paul. So this end of the book of Acts is the journey of Paul to Rome where he goes and he's under house arrest for two years and during that time writes four of his epistles. Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, Philemon. I learned how to say that last night. Steve was training me. (laughs) Philemon. (laughs) I've memorized the book of Ephesians and it's interesting to think Paul wrote that while he was in prison. So when we get down and out, God is doing something. When we don't see him coming to the party like we want him to, and he's delaying, God is working. And so Paul was on the boat, and they had gone from Caesarea, they'd gone to Myra, They changed into a boat from Alexandria, which was a a vessel to transport wheat into Rome and other grain. And they get to Crete and Fair Havens. And while they're there, the Lord speaks to Paul. And Paul speaks to Julius. In fact, Luke, as we know, Luke who wrote the book of Acts is on this boat. Amazing, eh? Because both Paul and Luke could have died on this boat. And we'd never have the book of Acts. He has this warning from the Lord. Sirs, he said, I believe there is trouble ahead if we go on perhaps shipwreck, loss of cargo, injuries, and death. And Julius the centurion was in charge on this boat to determine what would happen, but he listened to the helmsman and the owner of the boat, and they decided to go round to Phoenix because they thought it was a better harbour for the winter because during the months of November, December, January, those months you would not sail across the Mediterranean Sea at that time. It was too dangerous. So the voice of the Holy Spirit says, I believe there is trouble ahead. Sometimes God is speaking to us and it's the check of the Holy Spirit and he uses the mechanism of the brain, the fear mechanism and the stress response to bring a check into our soul and into our spirit. I'm just doing a series that went on this insecure, insecure self, the insecure and incredible self. 
and an understanding of the self from a biblical perspective. It's very interesting as you pull it apart. We don't die to self. We die to sin. And that needs pulling apart to understand it. So Paul gave a warning, but they didn't heed it. It's really important in our life when we get that check of the Holy Spirit. I was teaching up in Tokoroa. It was my third year teaching, two years in Tokoroa, one year in Dunedin, two years in Tokoroa. And I applied for a job in Wellington and got it. I really wanted to go to Wellington. And when I got this job, I felt this incredible check in my spirit. So I went and spent a whole night in prayer. And the Lord spoke to me and said, this is not the right job for you or the right city. He said, your way is through the sea and you are to return to your teachers. Now, I was a navigator and my teachers were in Christchurch and it was totally impossible to get a job in Christchurch. I said to the Lord, okay, Lord, I will apply for the job. I've got to return to say whether I have this job within a fortnight. You'll have to get me a job in Christchurch within a fortnight. Applied for a job in Christchurch and before the fortnight was up, what was impossible happened. I got a job in Christchurch and that's where I met Steve. (laughs) 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 We had five children and all the rest is history. (laughs) So they were sailing, they began to sail around to Phoenix but these hurricane winds, there was a southerly one but it changed to a northwesterly and suddenly they couldn't harness that ship and they had to let it go. So they're sailing across the Mediterranean Sea and the Adriatic Sea, just being blown by the wind. 276 passengers on board, many prisoners. Many prisoners were being taken to Rome. And so they went about trying to harness that ship, pulled the lifeboat on board the ship, put cables underneath the the ship. And they actually thought they were going to drown. The fear mechanism, and they were not eating, they were seasick. Imagine in in those days how that would be being tossed. They couldn't even harness it enough to get that ship to sail in the right direction. They were just being blown right across the Mediterranean Sea. And they actually thought they were going to die. In Acts 27, 24 and 25, it says, the Lord speaks to Paul. And all of us need to take time out to hear the voice of God. at least several times a year. Just go and spend the whole day with the Lord. Hear his voice. Hear what he says to us. And the Lord said to Paul, Don't be afraid, Paul, for you will surely stand trial before Caesar. What's more, God has granted your request and will save the lives of all those sailing with you. So take courage. 
what we need in life? Courage. I believe God it will be just as he said, but we will be shipwrecked on an island. So the Lord showed him what was coming, as the Lord often shows us what's coming. Steve and I were way near Wanaka area, and, um, and suddenly I just, we've been through some pretty rough waters with two of our children. And our youngest been in and out of prison, drinking and driving, walked that journey. Both Steve and I are teetotalers, and, but we've got DNA in the family of alcoholics. And the Lord showed me as long as our children submitted to him, they would be free. But if they didn't submit, they would be prone to what is in the family line, DNA. DNA is very interesting. I could talk for the next half hour on DNA. So I got this text from my son saying, you'll never guess what's happened now. Well, I used to get those texts quite often. You'll never guess what's happened now. <laughs> So what had happened was he had been sacked from his job in Christchurch. Not, not for anything he had done, but just because someone had came upon his prison record. And he had filled out the form to get that job and he had talked to the admin and they just said, he, there was only a few lines, and they just said, just fill out some of your recent things. So he hadn't filled out all the details. So they sacked him. Couple of uh, and I was sitting in church on Sunday when he came back. Sitting in church on Sunday morning, talking to the Lord, and the Lord said this to me: "I will redeem this situation. It's okay. I've got it sorted. I'm the great intercessor who will intercede on behalf of your son. I'm involved and present in this situation. Declare it to be so." The Holy Spirit is the most skillful lawyer. The firm that had sacked him was a billion-dollar business. And we went to court. Two lawyers picked it up free of charge. That was a miracle. One was a Christian, one was a non-Christian. And he said, we will win this case. We went to battle. I was in the courtroom when it went before the lawyer. We had to wait for weeks before the verdict came through. That lawyer was paid 30000 for one day, spent most of the day playing on his phone. Like our lawyer, the lawyer who was trying to prove that it had been ethical to, for my son to be sacked. And if I went through that whole story, you'd be gobsmacked. But anyway, they came back with the verdict and said that the sacking had been unlawful, had been not been lawful. Therefore, he was to be paid twenty thousand dollars. The firm then refused to pay the twenty thousand dollars because they said he hadn't filled in the form. He filled in the form incorrectly. On that basis, they would not pay. 
then talked to the lawyers and said, what will we do? And I asked the Lord, and I said, Lord, you said you're the most skillful lawyer. This is not the right outcome. And they wanted to know, will you go again? And we said, yes, we'll go again. So 18 months down the track, well, I mean, a year before all that was done, and then eight, six months later. So just before it was going to go back to trial again, the firm, a billion-dollar firm, I mean, my son had two lawyers. They had all of these workers to try and prove him guilty. But we had the Lord. Just before it went back to trial, but I felt from the Lord we were to go again. They agreed to pay up 12000 and the case was closed. Sometimes we're battling elements, but we fight and stand the power of the Holy Spirit. What do we listen to? Negative voices or positive voices? The voice of the Holy Spirit who says, I've got it sussed, I know the journey, I'm taking you on, it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. See, God has a plan and we are part of that plan. Right from the beginning, right when Paul was in Jerusalem and they accused him of violating the temple and violating the law and because they said he had taken a Gentile into the temple which he never had and never had violated. But right there in Acts 23 verse 11 says, For as you have testified, so you must be a witness also in Rome. You are to take the gospel to the centre of the Roman Empire. See, God had a plan. God has a plan, and we are to become part of that plan, whatever God calls us to do, like so say. <laughs> whatever God calls us to do. So, of course, God had a rescue plan. Even though they were being driven by these hurricane winds, God was taking Paul to the heart of the Roman Empire, to Rome. There was already a, a church established in Rome, by the way. The book to the Romans was written before this trip. But God went to, uh, Paul went to solidify that church in Rome, and we know how it spread in the next 300 years, right across Europe and Asia. Unbelievable outcome. And because God was taking Paul to Rome... He saved everyone on board that ship. So we just get on board a ship with a, <laughs> with a dedicated, full-on Christian. The sailors, when they were, we, we, they, were, they were coming across and then they had an area uh, where two seas came together. And they, but before they got there, these sailors decided that they would escape on the lifeboat. And Paul, noticing it, said to Julius, if they do that, I can't guarantee that the people on board the ship will be saved. They're violating what God has asked us to do. And so they were ordered back on the ship. Think about the fear of those on board that ship, the fear of loss the fear of loss of your life. What's the greatest fear that we have in our lives? Death. 
And why is eternal life and the ticket to eternal life such an amazing ticket? Because we have no fear. We go, in fact, one thing they found out, and I, I read a book many years ago picked up in America about surgeons were operating on Christians, and they were not Christians. See, at the fall, the amygdala in the brain got activated and we feel scared. When we die, it is like the queen has died. It is deactivated and we have no more fear. We need fear in this life because it's our protection mechanism in the brain to warn us of potential danger. So what we need on this journey of transformation is to hear the voice of God, read his word, begin to walk in the righteous principles that God has given to us because they work. Unrighteous principles do not work for us. Every time we violate them, there is consequences out of those actions. The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but of this world. So as we learn to walk in the righteous principles, and so there we found many of those people on board that ship, some of them couldn't swim. So when they two seas came together, and they were right there near the island of Malta. And they saw the beach and they saw the bay. And they were instructed, grab a plank, grab a piece of, piece of wood. Just make your way to land because that ship got caught. It was quite shallow and it got caught in the stern with the, the wind and the waves was being broken up. And so they grabbed the planks and they grabbed the piece of wood and they got onto the island of Malta and were there for several months and we see in Malta some of the incredible miracles and healings. But why were they all saved? Because God had a plan. And so as we conclude today, processing storms in our lives, bring our lives into alignment with the truth of God's word. Change negative words to truth statements. When we've got negative words going through our brain, change them. Lord, you're on my case. Evaluate emotions accurately. And I've got some things here today, how to regulate emotions. Awareness, accuracy, and adjustment. And I could spend half an hour on that. Don't, be dis don't let distorted feelings and thinking determine your choices. Our brain very quickly distorts and exaggerates the truth. Act is just an acronym of dealing with feelings that are not accurate feelings. And so there's a whole modality in counseling now called acceptance commitment modality. And I've got about 70 odd acronyms that I've written myself. <laughs> And this one I've written, which is to accept your feelings. Change your focus to what's important. So now you're going into left brain. 
and take strategic steps towards your goals. Accept your feelings. Acknowledge and accept your feelings. Change your focus to what's important. What is important? What do I need to do? If you feel like you're depressed and don't want to get up, acknowledge I feel depressed, I feel down. Then change your focus to what is important. Get up and do something. The best antidepressant, by the way, is exercise, doing something, action. And take strategic steps towards your goals. As I finish today, I want to give a word for your church. It's from Isaiah 54. Verse 2 and 3. I felt it this morning as I was praying. And the, the picture, that the, what the Lord said to me is that in Nelson City, many churches have come and gone. Many churches have been here, and some are still here, but many have come and they're no longer here. But he said the New Life Church in Nelson has got longevity. And it's been through up and down Dale. But the Lord said, my hand is upon and has always been upon what the originally called Nelson New Life and you can now call this fire. And the Lord showed me this. He said, I'm right at this season. He said, there are churches around that will impact the city. And Aspire is one of them. And Aspire has a calling way beyond its capacity at the moment. And I'm going to bring people into Aspire Church and I'm going to do some things in there. They don't even know yet where I'm taking it. But the Lord said, I see within Aspire Church people who are just open and obedient to me and just want to know my voice. They're not about celebrity or being the top of the pole. They just want to do my will and they are open to my Holy Spirit. Therefore, I'm going to bless this church. And Isaiah 54 verse 2 says, Enlarge the place of your tent and let them stretch out the curtains of your dwellings. Do not spare, lengthen your cord. He said, I'm going to bring healing and wholeness. You're going to see a move of God. You're going to see a touch of God. You're going to see people healed. You're going to see people made whole. You're going to see people come off the street. You're going to see people come back into the church who haven't been in church for years. And God is going to expand and grow. He's going to grow you as people. He's going to grow you as a body of Christ. For he says, you shall expand to the right and the left, and your descendants will inherit the nations and make desolate cities inhabited plan and purpose. God has a plan and we are to become part of that plan and find out what part we play in it. Let's pray today. Lord, in the name of Jesus, we release the power of your Holy Spirit over Aspire Church. Lord, over Alistair, over Tania, over every leader and every person you are drawing right here, right now into this church. Lord, you're going to bring leaders, you're going to bring young people, you're going to bring children, you're going to bring the right people at the right time, way beyond all expectations. We believe for it and release it and thank you for it before it happens, as even as it's happening here right now, we thank you for the days ahead. In the name of Jesus, amen.